Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Ronnie will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 24. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know that if you knew Jesus was coming in 2048, you party hardy until 2047. <laughs> no, but with that's the, because that's our sin nature, see? And we know, okay, Jesus isn't coming to 2048. Right, we know that. Okay, we can really party hardy until 2047. And then about 2047, I think I'll become spiritual. And I'll give my life away. See, that's why the Lord, because see, what happens is if you have a date, then, 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 then you will not live in the constant expectation that Jesus is coming soon. You, you won't live there. And John told us that the constant expectation of Jesus coming soon is the hope that purifies us. Man, that's what keeps you walking. That's what keeps you holy. That's what keeps you saying, you know what? Hey, if Jesus is coming next week and Jesus is coming tomorrow, any minute, I don't want to be found in this situation when Jesus is coming. I don't want to be doing this thing when Jesus comes for me. I don't want to be in that place when Jesus comes for me. Therefore, I'm going to live holy and I'm going to live purified life for his glory because I know he can come in any second. It's the hope that purifies us. That's why he said, I ain't telling you to date. So you'll live with that constant expectation of his coming. Now, let's point this out again. His second coming and the rapture are two totally different events, saints. You got to keep that in mind. The rapture of the church could happen at any second. The rapture of the church could happen before I finish this sermon. Which at the rate I'm going, it probably will. But it could happen any second. The second coming now, we have signs. A way in which we can look at the weather pattern, the the conditions of the world. And we can know that his coming is near. So very, very, very careful we have to be with this text. I think the simple sense makes simple sense. It is the fig tree. Very common natural illustration. Jesus is saying, look, when you look at the fig tree and it's budding, what does that tell you? It tells you summer's almost near. You see the fig tree and it's budding? You know that it's time to barbecue. Time for some ribs. Some potato salad. Because it's summer. You know, when you go outside and you hear the birds singing, you know, summer's coming. The bees buzzing. The wasp wasping. You know, your eyes are itching because the allergies are hitting. Summer is near. When you see political campaigning, you know the election is near. So when you see all of these things that Jesus has been telling us about in verses 15 through 31, you know that his coming is near. Now, remember, I told you there will be people who have missed the rapture and go through the tribulation. 
Unfortunately, there will be people that you're sharing the gospel with right now. People who you've been telling Jesus is coming and they need to be ready because he could come any minute for the rapture. And then the seven years of tribulation will begin. They don't believe you. There will be people on the earth that have missed the rapture. And they'll be on the earth during the tribulation period. You know, for those people, I tell you, you should do something. Give them a CD of this, the second coming. Give them a CD of the end times teaching. Get a CD and, and pick it up and give it to them and say, hey, you know what? If you refuse to believe in Jesus and you're not going to get saved, then you should take this CD. Why? Because when I'm gone and you know that there and you notice there's billions of people and CNN is talking about billions of people just vanished off the earth. You should know that the rapture has happened and then pop this CD in so you'll know what to do. And you'll know what to expect. There will be people, and then they'll give their lives to Christ because you've already been telling them about it. And then they're going to listen to the CD, and they're going to say, man, that preacher, Rodney, he kind of wacky, but man, that stuff was in the Bible, man. That's in the Bible. I better listen to what the scriptures say, and they'll be saved. But it's these same people that during the tribulation period, they're going to witness the false Christ. They're going to witness these wars and devastating disaster, worldwide chaos, violence, persecution, the abomination of desolation by the Antichrist. All of these signs, they will see these signs taking place just as the fig tree has tender branches and new leaves. You know that the summer is near. So this generation will know that Jesus return is near. So the final generation are the people who who live during and through the tribulation. That's the generation. And in the event that they are still on the earth during the tribulation, notice what Jesus says. He gives them words of encouragement. Look at it again in verse 35. He says, heaven and earth will pass, but my words will not pass. In other words, don't lose hope. Don't give up. Rejoice. Your redemption is near. Heaven and earth will pass. But my word shall never pass. Here's your theological word for the day. That speaks of the immutability of God's word. Immutability? Well, that simply means it doesn't change. Someone once wrote this. What God has spoken cannot be broken. Amen, saints? What God has spoken cannot be broken. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but my words will never pass. And that reminds me of Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing which I have sent it. You see, God's word always succeeds and it always fulfills its purpose and it will always have its effect. And it will never change. Listen at this. There's a story of a young musician once who went to see his old music teacher. And during the visit, his elderly mentor took a tuning fork and he struck it on the end of the table. And he said, that's an A. Well, from the floor above, they could hear the voice of a singer rehearsing. She sings sharp, the old teacher said with a smile. He struck the tuning fork again and paused as he lifted it and said, she is sharp, but this is an A. Always has been, always will be. 440 vibrations per second, and it will still be an A 5,000 years from now. When all other claims to truth have made their say, the word of God will stand alone in the end. 
Everything else changes. Philosophies come and go, but God's word remains the abiding truth. This is God's word. It was God's word yesterday. It is God's word today. It will be God's word 5,000 years from now. Kingdoms will rise and fall. Ideas will come and go. The values of the world will change. But God's word will remain the one constant in a world of change and confusion. Amen. How true is that? God's word does not change. Not only take a lesson from the trees, but then our second point, take a lesson from Noah. We just read it in verses 36 through 42. Look at it again. Jesus said, of that day and hour, no one knows, not the angels, but the father. Now, in Mark chapter 13, it says of the hour and the day, no one knows, not the angels, not even the son knows the hour of his return. Not even do you realize when Jesus walked the earth, not even Jesus knew the time in which he would return. Now, there are people who will tell you that this is one of the reasons why they believe that Jesus was not God. Because while he was on the earth during his earthly ministry, that he did not know what time that he would return. And they say, see, Jesus wasn't God. Listen, I believe the scriptures are clear that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Amen, saints? And you got to understand something, see, there are lots of things in our human flesh that this is actually talking about or dealing with the whole aspect of the Trinity. And people say, you know, the Trinity, God, the Father, God, the Son. Well, that's not in the Bible. And they have all kinds of reasons as to why, you know, they don't believe in the Trinity and Jesus wasn't God and all of these other kinds of things. And, and, and they don't believe these things. Well, listen, let me, let me help you understand something. If you're waiting to know everything from God before you get saved, then you'll probably never get saved. Because there are many things that our puny little minds cannot understand. I got a friend of mine and fairly bright guy and just became a Christian recently in the last year or so. And, and he says, you know what I come to know, Pastor Rodney? I said, what? He says, we don't know nothing. <laughs> I said, amen. Now, if you could get half the church to realize that, it'd be, everything would be fine. We don't know anything. There's a lot about God that we do not know. But do you realize that the things that you don't know about God are the very things that make him God? The things that you don't know about God is the very thing that makes him God. Listen, if you knew everything, then you minds will be God. But since you don't know everything and he does know everything, he reserves a bunch of stuff that you don't know because it's those things that you say, man, God, you really are awesome. You know everything and I know nothing. Because you're God, the omniscience of God. I was in Philadelphia about a week ago and uh, driving with my nephew. His name is Jerry, and uh, Jerry's 10 years old. So I'm driving with Jerry in the car, and we're stuck in traffic in Philly. And I said, uh, Jerry, how's school going? Well, I got a test, Uncle Rodney. Uncle Rodney, I got a test. I said, really? What kind of test? Spelling test. I said, oh, okay, well, then tell me some of the words. We'll just go over those words. Tell me some of the words. Jerry said, uh, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> I said, Jerry, when's the test? In mm, two days. I'm like, oh, we have no problem. 
So I said, well, maybe try to remember one of the words. He goes, um, um, uh, um, omni, omni, uh, um, I said, I said, uh, omnipresent. He said, yeah, yeah, Uncle Rodney, that's one of those words, omnipresent. I said, you know what it means? He goes, no. I said, it means that God is everywhere at once. Can you spell it? He said, no, I helped him spell it. And then he said, um, I said, well, what is another word? He goes, um, omni, um, I said, omniscient. He goes, yeah, yeah, Uncle Rodney, that's one of those words, too. I said, Jerry, why is it that I know the words and I wasn't in your class and you don't? This is a problem. He said, omniscient. I said, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, well, do you, can you spell it? I helped him to spell it. I said, you know what it means? He said, no. I said, well, omni always means all. Omni means all. Omniscient means all knowing. I said, Jerry, do you know God is all knowing? He's a 10 year old, you know, all knowing. I said, God is all, God knows everything, Jerry. God knows everything, Jerry. He sees everything, Jerry. See, he's 10 years old. I'm trying to put a little bit of, you know, God knows everything on him. Keep him straight. You know what I mean? Keep him straight. He lives in Philly. You got to keep him straight, right? And I said, God knows everything, Jerry. And he looks at me and he goes, Uncle Rodney, you mean God knows everything? I said, yeah, he knows everything. And he has this look on the face like, boy, I'm in trouble. <laughs> the omniscience of God. God knows everything and we know nothing. And the Bible is very clear. He is fully God and fully man. He was both the son of man and the son of God. In becoming the son of man, the son of God intentionally, voluntarily limited his own capacities so he didn't know when his second advent would be. While he was on earth, but now he is in heaven after his death and resurrection, Jesus reassumed all his divine characteristics. So in our text now, when the son of man comes back, notice Jesus says history will repeat itself. It will be like the days of Noah. What were the days of Noah like? Well, Genesis chapter six, you can read that in your own time. It tells us that God saw every thought was evil in the heart of man. The world was corrupt and demonically polluted. There was widespread violence and crime, sexual immorality, satanic activity, drug addiction. In the days of Noah, there was drug addiction, disregard for marriage, and a rejection of God's word. And it was God who told Noah that he was going to destroy the world. In 120 years, you know the story, Noah preached, and the only ones that came to church was his family. Noah's preaching and telling people that rain was coming to destroy them, and the people mocked, and the people laughed. you got to remember, they had never seen rain before. Never. Never seen a drop of rain before. So they mocked, and they laughed, and as they mocked and they laughed, Noah hammered away. And the people laughed, and they mocked, and they turned, and they got something to eat. And they got something to drink and they married and they gave their daughters in marriage. And they forgot that the judgment was coming until the first drop. Can you imagine what you wouldn't have been to be there? I mean, be there meaning on the ark there, but been there. Man, they're, they're laughing. Oh, yeah, you're a fool. Build what? Flood what? What is a flood? We've never seen a flood. We've never seen raindrop. Oh, yeah, Noah, you're a crazy man, you crazy preacher. Until... What's that? And then a torrential rain. And it rained for 40 days 
and 40 nights. And God, the Bible says, shut the door with Noah's family safely in the ark. And they pounded on the door, but they couldn't get in. It was too late. And Jesus says, when he comes, history is going to repeat itself. Unprepared and unconcerned, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Now, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with eating and drinking in marriage and giving in marriage. There's nothing wrong with eating. Thank you, Jesus. You know, good thing I didn't write the Bible. Because all my illustrations would be around food. And the Lord said, let there be chocolate chips. That would be my Bible. Nothing wrong with eating. Nothing wrong with drinking. Water. Nothing wrong with marrying and giving in marriage. You know, the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. It's a blessing. But the problem is they were in the pursuit of life, caught up in the things of life, and they forgot about Jesus. And then notice in verse 39 in your Bibles, when the ark was completed, Noah and Mrs. Noah and the kids and the animals were in it. And the people were warned that judgment and the flood was coming. They didn't know that. They didn't know when, and they they couldn't predict the day nor the hour. And to those who ignored the warning, it was sudden and unexpected and universal. And when Jesus returns, it will be sudden and unexpected and universal. And then look at it again in your Bibles in verse 40 and 41. Many have used this verse as a proof text for the rapture. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe the rapture of the church is true. It's, it's real and it's going to happen. And there's plenty of proof texts in the Bible for the rapture of the church. But I don't believe this is one of them. Notice it says two men in the field. One will be taken. The other left two women grinding. One will be taken. The other left again. I don't believe this is a proof text for the rapture. Who are those who are taken Rodney? Well, I believe that those who are taken are taken away in judgment. And those who are left are tribulation saints who go into the thousand year reign of Christ. They will be the sheep and the goat nation judgment in Matthew chapter 25. You come back next week and we'll take a look at that. Point number three, a lesson from a thief. We just read it in verses 42 and 44. Jesus begins this this section actually in verse 43 by saying, know this, but know this. In other words, Jesus is saying, think of it this way, or let me make it plain. Or today's language, let me break it down. Jesus would say, be watchful because you don't know what hour the Lord is coming. Now, how practical is this? Jesus says, if you owned a home and you knew a thief was planning to rob your house, what would you do? You would protect it. Some of us own homes even today. And and, and if we knew a thief was coming to rob our house, we would stay awake at night. We would protect it. Some of us, even as we speak beside your bed, your home is protected. Some of y'all have a baseball bat. Somebody come in your house at night, you're going to be ready. Some of y'all have your good buddies, Smith and Wesson, next to your, that's a gun, y'all. That's the last time I looked at guns. But we all want to protect ourselves. We protect our homes. Some of y'all got a machete next to your bed. If somebody come in your house, you're going to 
ninja kung fu or something. You'd be like, shh, shh, cut you up, man. Or your attack poodle or something. I mean, you protect your home. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, if a thief comes, learn the lesson from a thief. If a thief comes in, you're going to be ready. Jesus coming is like a thief. And you should be ready. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse two says, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Jesus won't be coming as a thief to the church because we're looking for him. Jesus is coming to as a thief to those who aren't watching, to those who aren't looking for him. And then finally, in verses 45 through 51, Jesus says, learn a lesson from a servant And then learn a lesson from an evil servant. Look at it with me again in verse 45. If you're there, say amen. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made rule over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant in verse 48 You see, you got the faithful servant and the evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come one day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Notice Jesus describes a faithful and a wise servant that has been made ruler over his master's household, and his primary task is to give food to the people in the house. And then Jesus said, Blessed is that servant when his master comes, finds him doing his assigned task. And then the master will make him ruler, did you notice, over all his goods. Simply, Jesus is teaching this faithfulness in small things. He will make you ruler over many. Take a lesson. Faithfulness in small things, he will make you ruler over larger things or over many things. Take a lesson from the servant and then take a lesson from an evil servant. We just read that in verses 48 and 51. In contrast to the faithful servant, Jesus describes the evil servant who represents the unbeliever in the last day. He's a professing servant not a truly believing servant who began to hit the other servants and drink and to get drunk. And when the Lord comes back, they will be exposed for their hypocrisy. Don't you remember Jesus said in that day, many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord, I've done many works in your name and prophesied in your name and done many things in your name. And Jesus said, what depart from me for I never knew you. They were hypocrites. They came to church, they raised their hands, they sang the songs, and they listened to the sermon. They read their Bibles, but they were acting. They were just going through the motions. You see, the master comes home one day in our text when the servant's not looking for him. At an hour that he is not aware of, he comes unexpectedly. And what happens? Judgment, weeping, gnashing of teeth. Jesus is talking about hell. Do you know Jesus talked about hell more than any other preacher in the Bible? Why? Because he's been there. He knows it's real. And he knows you don't want to go there. And that's why you can't put off his coming. You cannot put off preparing yourself for his coming. And I say to you today, listen and listen close. 
I say to you today, if you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, you need to do that today. The rapture of the church, I do believe, is near. Amen, saints? I believe it's near. Don't just act. Don't go through the acting. Don't just come to church, but give your life to him. Get serious about him. You know, someone once wrote these words, or actually these words, listen closely. These words are engraved on an old cathedral in Lubbock, Germany. Listen, you call me master and obey me not. You call me light and see me not. You call me the way and walk me not. You call me life and choose me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me rich and ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me noble and serve me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me might and honor me not. You call me just and fear me not. If I condemn thee, blame me not. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.